0: Hey Detective, welcome to the Nancy Drew Rendezvous, a podcast where we take a chronological look at all the books in the Nancy Drew Files series. I'm your host, Teeks, and today's book is Case Number 17, Stay Tuned for Danger. Before we get into the book, I'd just like to give a shout out to the Throwback Shop on Etsy. I brought some Nancy Drew stickers and they arrived really quickly and Megan, who runs the shop, is just the sweetest person ever. She's also known as the Nancy Drew Collector on Instagram, so I'll link both of those in the description below. And let's get straight into the book. Before I get into the cover description, I just want to preface and say I absolutely loved this book. I remember reading it when I was younger and I remember loving it back then as well. This was like the absolute best type of Nancy Drew book there was. There was lots of like romance. There was lots of danger and it took part in an exotic location. I mean, New York City is not exactly exotic, but for 12-year-old Australian Tegan, it definitely was exotic. So yeah, let's get into it. Oh, one other thing before we get started. This book is actually a video game as well, and I haven't played the game, but I'm definitely going to play it after loving the book so much. I've heard that the video game is really closely aligned to the book, so I'm excited to try it out. It's not on Steam, but you can buy it on the Her Interactive Store. So if you enjoy this podcast and the book, I highly recommend you play the game. And once I play it, I'll let you know what I think about it. So the book is called Stay Tuned for Danger and from that you're right to assume that it's about a TV show or something to do with TV because stay tuned usually meant You know, stay tuned for the next episode. Mind you, these days we say stay tuned for the next video on YouTube, or stay tuned for the next TV episode, or stay tuned for the next podcast, stay tuned for the next photo. But back then, I would have just automatically assumed it to be stay tuned as a TV episode. So that's what I kind of figured. Um, in the background, we've got what looks like a TV set in the middle. We have a handsome guy, which I'm going to assume is the main character. And then we've got Nancy, like really, really big up front. Like usually she's quite in line with the rest of the things, but she takes up the majority of the cover. She's wearing a black shirt, uh, a red shirt rather, and a black cardigan. And she's kind of like looking scared, like something's about to like fall on her or something. This book is a really, really Bess-centric book, which I love because Bess is my absolute favorite characters. I mean, so is Brenda Carlton, but I absolutely love Bess. I think she's great. Anyway, the book starts off and the girls are at an ice cream store and Bess is looking longingly at a sundae and, you know, there's the usual comments about her weight. They're on the way to the airport to fly to New York City, which is the second book that takes place in New York City. The first one was Deadly Intent. Bess and Nancy are going to take a vacation and stay with Nancy's Aunt Eloise. Bess teases George and says, how can you possibly stay in River Heights and run a race and not come to New York City for a holiday? Just a little side bit. I was actually reading The Triple Hoax at the same time I was reading this book. And it's very similar. Nancy and Bess head to New York to see Aunt Eloise. However, in the triple hoax, Aunt Eloise calls them and tells them to come to New York City, which somehow they magically can just drop everything and afford flights there the next day. And this was like a long time ago, so it would have been very expensive to solve a case. But in this particular book, Nancy and Bess are going to New York just purely for a holiday. Nancy does not want any mysteries or anything. So of course, you know, there wouldn't be a book if there was no mystery, so we know there's definitely a mystery gonna happen. So let's see how it all pans out. Actually the race that George is running is a marathon. So George is so athletic, you know, amazing cyclist, she can run marathons. I guess she would be take part in the Iron Man series if that was a thing in the world of Nancy Drew. Just crazy. I can't those people that are like so athletic and so sporty just yeah, blows my mind. I ran a half marathon once and that was a struggle. Bess and Nancy arrive in New York and head to Aunt Eloise's place. And she lives on a very, very pretty street. It's described as having an old world charm from the tall Ujinko trees with their fan light leaves to the old fashioned gas lamps along the sidewalks that fronted many brownstone buildings. I just, I know that, oh man, I would love to live in a New York brownstone, but that's just... So beyond any financial dreams I'll ever be able to afford, <laughs> I just might make note that this is the first book that Aunt Eloise is uh, mentioned in the file series. So we also get a description of Carson Drew's sister. Um, she's described as being tall and a- elegant, and is a female version of Carson. They both have lustrous brown hair and aristocratic features. So I always m- imagine Carson being very distinguished man, and I guess. Aunt Eloise is just like him. Aunt Eloise lives on the second floor of the building and her house is decorated with the papered dainty flowery print wallpaper is so uh, I mean I guess it was very popular but yeah, I don't know. Aunt Bess is like quite stoked. She's like I love what you've done with the place and she's surprised that there was trees in her backyard which Aunt Eloise tells her it's not a backyard it's a courtyard. We don't have enough space for a backyard. Aunt Eloise apologises to Nancy and Bess that their room faces to the street and Nancy says, oh, it's okay. It's pretty quiet. And then a fire engine blares past and they make a joke saying, very quiet for a New York City street. Nancy and Bess settle into their room and they make plans to go to a Chinese restaurant for dinner. Nancy's very happy with that. And she says, as long as there's no mystery involved, I'm game for anything. And then Aunt Eloise is like, uh well i wouldn't go as far to say no mystery nancy i was gonna save it for later but since you brought it up and nancy said nope i don't want to hear another word of it i'm here for a week's vacation no mysteries so usually nancy at least wants to hear something but this time she's very adamant no mysteries just a holiday Aunt Eloise is like oh well okay fair enough but I thought you might be interested because it involves a tv show and of course this you know gets Bessie excited and say like, oh what tv show come on Nancy we need to hear about it let Aunt Eloise tell you what the mystery is well it turns out that Aunt Eloise lives with a very famous person called Mattie Jensen And Bess knows who this is, but Nancy has no idea. And Bess is like the Maddie Jensen of Dana's dream. And Bess, you know, is almost fainting from excitement. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Maddie is your neighbor. This is so cool. Must tell us everything. Can we meet her? You know, Bess doing her usual cute fangirlish stuff. Nancy's lost and needs to be filled in. Anyway, it turns out that Maddie Jensen plays Serena Livingstone in the soap opera uh, Dana's Dream. Nancy has no idea what's going on and Bess is like, come on, you at least know who Rory Dana is and uh, Nancy's like no sorry no idea and Bess explains that his real name is Rick Arlen and that him and Maddie are the stars of the shows and Aunt Aloise had told Maddie that Nancy was a detective and Maddie got very excited. Maddie for like a, a girl's name is quite unusual it's spelled M-A-D double T-I-E. I I don't know what it could be short for, but yeah, I just, I thought it was weird to have a girl called Maddie, but okay, each to their own. It turns out that some weird things have been happening on set and she wants Nancy to stop by and take a look. And Nancy's like, I really don't want any mysteries. And Bess is absolutely losing her mind. Nancy, Nancy, come on, we've got to go see the set. This is like my absolute dream to go and visit the set of Dana's Dream. George is going to be so jealous. Yeah, I was confused about that as well. Nancy doesn't know what Dana's dream is, but George is a secret big soap opera fan. Definitely wouldn't expect it, but we always learn new things about George in every book. Like, while she's always explained as being quite a tomboy, she's quite such a sensitive and girly girl quite underneath Nancy reluctantly agrees and says, I guess it would be exciting to see how a television show is filmed and agrees. So the next day they head to Worldwide Broadcasting. These uh, ghostwriters weren't very creative when it came to naming places in New York City because in Deadly Intent, uh, the record label was called World Communications and then this place is called Worldwide Broadcasting. So very, very creative of them. Keep it up, Carolyn Keane. Bess is looking actually really fashionable as she heads to worldwide uh, broadcasting. She's wearing a soft suede skirt, tights and ankle boots, and Nancy thinks that she looks like a TV star herself. Anyway, so they head in and there's a tour group going through and everyone's complaining about, you know, Rory, who is played by actor Rick Arlen um they're angry at him because he wants to quit the show and that they're going to kill him off and there's just lots of chatter going on about it so it seems like this Rick Arlen character is not a liked man uh as they head through the studio to try and find Maddie they stop outside the office of William Pappas the producer and they overhear him saying the following nobody nobody breaks a contract with me. I'll kill him before I let him work for someone else. Guess we can add William Pappas to the list of people who don't like Rick Arlen. But anyway, we still need to find out what the mystery is and the girls head off to see Maddie in her makeup room. They reach Maddie and Bess is absolutely starstruck and it turns out all these bad things have been happening to Rick and Maddie wants to get to the bottom of it. Nancy feeling as though she still doesn't want to do any more mystery work or detective work rather tells Maddie to explain what's happening and then she could offer some suggestions to try and figure out what is happening. So, so far he's had some chocolates delivered to him that poisoned him as well as a watch in the mail that was set to five to midnight with the note that said, watch out, your time is running out. So creative of these people. Nancy asks if anyone had called the police, and they're like, no, of course not. If we, like, called the police every time we got, like, a death threat around here, they would never leave. And, okay, so Nancy's like, okay, I guess there's no mystery and that no one's taking it seriously, including Rick himself. He just thinks it's all a joke. Bess says to Nancy, yeah, we'll help, won't we? Please, please, please. And Nancy's like, well, you know, we did have a lot of sightseeing planned. So that's really unlike Nancy. She always wants to go on holidays, but I guess she can't turn down a mystery. Rick barges in and another practical joke has happened. Uh, He's holding a photo of himself that's been all scratched up. Scrolled on the note, it says, if you won't be mine, you won't be anybody's, which definitely sounds like a loony fan. So kind of like end of story, end of mystery. But Bess convinces Nancy to take the mystery on. And Nancy's depressed that yet again, for the hundredth time, a relaxing vacation is about to be ruined. I mean, poor Nancy. She works so hard. She deserves a vacation. Bess, you need to respect that. You only care because it's famous people. Anyway, they head to set and watch Uh, Maddie and Rick film a scene and then some lights fall down and Nancy saves the day and pushes Rick out of the way before he gets hurt. After some investigation, she finds out that the screw had been cut and that this accident was deliberate. In this scene, we're also introduced to Luther Parks, who is the director of the show, and a lady called Lillian, but I'm not quite sure what her role on the set is. Okay, after Nancy saved Rick's life, he invites her and Bess into the dressing room, and of course, Bess is getting very, very, very excited. She gets to go to the dressing room of her favorite actor. It's like, see, this is great. I love Bess when she's all giggly and girly and stuff. Once in the room, Rick is being really, really flirty and he says to Nancy, you're a very smart girl and brave too. Would you care to marry me? And pretends to get down on one knee and Nancy just tells him, no, I've got a boyfriend. And then he turns to Bess and Bess swoons and gets super starstruck. Despite almost being killed, Rick is in a really happy mood and Nancy makes note of this and he says, well, I can't get anything to upset me like it's just a little accident. Nancy goes back to the set to check it out and in the set is Maddie and her agent Dwayne and Dwayne's quite angry saying "Maddie, you could have been killed like this is not good I was so worried about you. Mr. Pappas tells Dwayne to get out of here and from that moment on the set is closed so I guess this is going to make it really hard for Nancy and Bess to continue their investigation and save Rick if another incident happens. Despite this, Nancy decides to investigate the rest of the building. She notices Lillian, who is actually the assistant director, come out of a room and Nancy goes into the room and it turns out to be the costume room. However, the man inside the costume room tells Nancy that no, no one has been in there, but she thinks that's weird because she clearly saw Lillian in there. So that's a bit suspicious. I guess Lillian is our first suspect. Or it could be William because William's very angry at uh, Rick because he's going to leave the show. But then again, it could be anyone because everybody hates this TV star for potentially ruining Dana's dream. Nancy heads back to the dressing room and there she sees Bess and Rick in an embrace about to have a very, very steamy kiss. Too hot for TV, the book actually said. When Nancy is seen, Bess and Rick jump apart and said, it's not what you think. We were just practicing some lines. Bess excitedly tells Nancy that Rick has invited them to go with him around New York City in his limousine, and Bess being Bess would never allow Nancy to turn down an opportunity to sightsee New York City with a celebrity, so Nancy is forced to agree. Especially because she knows that Rick is in danger, and she wants to keep an eye on him. They leave, and Bess starts swooning. She's absolutely head over heels for this Rick, guy. So... Hmm. I wonder if Bess is going to get another notch on the boys they've kissed Tally at the end of the book. I've got a feeling she will. Imagine getting kissed by your favorite TV star. I mean, oh, that would be so cool. It probably wouldn't live up to expectations, but at the same time, it's like, oh my God, I love you so much. And for them to actually t- pay attention to you and kiss you would be like the best thing ever back at Aunt Eloise's they're cooking dinner and Bess is explaining to Aunt Eloise all about the day and how cute Rick is and so on and so forth and then Aunt Eloise is like oh I don't know if I really want you poking around there it seems dangerous when she was the one that insisted Nancy listen to the mystery so that's a bit of a contradiction on her behalf. Also, a weird thing in this scene is that Nancy is making baked potatoes and she's putting them in the microwave. Um, is that how you usually bake potatoes? I thought you just stabbed holes on them and put them in the oven or wrap them in foil and put them in the oven. I guess microwaving is quicker. I might have to look in to do this. Maddie Jensen joins uh, Aunt Eloise, Bess and George for dinner and explains that there's lots of people that don't like Rick, And he's probably broken a lot of girls' hearts. And Bess explains that they were talking together today and Maddie looked a bit sad. And it turns out that her and Rick used to date, but they don't date anymore. And Bess is free to date him. But I think it's one of those cases where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't have feelings for him anymore. You're free to have him. But deep down, she really loves him. So I guess it's really hard for her to see Rick, you know, be the best and throwing himself on Bess. They then tell Maddie about the invitation to go sightseeing and Maddie warns them just be careful please you don't know Rick the way I do you don't know how dangerous he can be so that's a bit weird like Rick dangerous I thought you were trying to save him hmm but it turns out that uh Rick can really be one of those type of guys that can love you and leave you. um, And that's because deep down, he might be really unsure of himself. And Bess is like, oh, that's ridiculous. Rick is super sure of himself. I'm sorry, Maddie, but I don't think you really know the real Rick. And again, Bess, when she likes a guy she will not hear a bad word about them. We've seen them in previous books, especially in Whitewater Terror. I can't remember the name of the guy she had a crush on, but every time something negative was said towards him, Na- Bess would not listen and she'd just be like, no, I'm not listening to you. He's perfect. You're all wrong. You're all wrong. Nancy and Bess then tell Matty that the set has been closed and that it's going to make it super hard for Nancy to continue her investigation. Mattie has the brat idea of bringing the... in as extras. So this is just getting better and better for Bess. First of all, she gets to go on the set of a favorite TV show, and then her favorite actor asks her out on a date, and now she's actually going to be on TV, and it might lead her to her next big role. So they organize for Nancy and Bess to be nurses in the background of a just a little throwback to past times in this book. Matty didn't actually know the phone number, so she needed to get a phone book out. You remember those big giant things with all everyone's phone numbers? Can't believe everyone's phone number was just publicly listed in a book that anyone could read. <laughs> the past was weird. The next day they're super stoked, they're on set um, and they're dressed up as nurses and Serena is doing a scene, but unfortunately in the middle of the scene she starts screaming. Turns out the words on the teleprompter have been changed and they now say, I want to dance with you, to sing with you, to murder you. Yes, your time is up, Rick Island. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to watch you die a horrible death and I'm going to laugh. Of course, this causes everybody to start freaking out and Pappas, the producer fires the teleprompter girl. Poor thing. Wasn't her fault I'm sure. Nancy figures that the producer seems really upset um, and that it might not be him but again people are really good actors in this world. Anyway they call the set and have a lunch break and Matty and Rick are just fighting outside. Rick is still not taking anything seriously and it's making Matty really really angry. Rick invites Bess and Nancy out for lunch and then all of a sudden Dwayne Casper, who is Maddie's agent, appears again and Rick kind of taunts him, calls him a loser and whatnot and uh, I'm sure that doesn't make him feel happy. So there you go, another person that doesn't like Rick. Let's add him to the list. So far we have crazy fans, we have William Pappas who said that he would kill him, uh, Lillian just seems angry and as for the director Lucas I'm not sure he doesn't really seem to play a part in it at all so I wouldn't put him down as a suspect just yet when Dwayne leaves Rick tells Matty that she needs to dump Dwayne as his agent it's like when are you gonna get a real agent And Maddie's like, oh, come in, he's not too bad. Remember, he took me on as a client when nobody else would even give me an interview. Rick says, you've come a long way since then. You should have a major talent agency representing you. And then Maddie's like, no, I'd feel like a rat if I left him. And Rick's like, all I know is that a major agency could get you a lot more work and more money and a girl with your talent deserves the best. But I won't say another word. I know how you feel about Dwayne and I know that you love him. Yeah, Rick really doesn't like this Dwayne guy either. So I guess they both hate each other. They sleep in the next morning because Bess, Nancy and Aunt Eloise stayed up past one o'clock because they went out and saw a Broadway show called Soft Shoe. I did some research. This isn't an actual Broadway show, but Soft Shoe actually refers to tap dancing. So I assumed that it was just a tap dancing show on Broadway. Anyway, Bess had wheeled a TV into Nancy and Bess's room because Aunt Eloise was still sleeping. Remember those days when you could wheel a TV into a room? I guess you could still do that, but I kind of like imagined Bess to have one of those uh, TVs on a big stand with wheels on it that you had in school when you had to watch a movie or an educational video. That's what I imagined when this scene happened. And they watch an episode of Soap opera weekly because they are interviewing rick on that particular episode the tv announcer says our special soap opera weekly guest today is the star of Dana's dream will he and serena livingstone finally tie the knot this time mr sex appeal himself rick allen will be here with us in just a few minutes Um, Mr. Sex Appeal, I guess, again, like, I'm not a prude whatsoever, but just using the word sex in a Nancy Drew book seems really weird, even though it's in the term, like, in the sentence rather, sex appeal. Yeah, I don't know, just to be weird. The interview is pretty boring, but when the interviewer asks Rick, could we be hearing wedding bells soon? Rick laughs and makes an old joke about gossip columns having him engaged to three different girls, but then you never can tell. And he blows a kiss to a special lady out there, And Bess freaks out again she's like oh my gosh oh my gosh he's talking about me oh, I love this side of Bess I'm I'm a Bess fangirl now how Bess is fangirling about Rick I'm fangirling about Bess I love this side of Bess they turn off the tv and they get ready for their sightseeing trip with Rick and Bess is of course can't figure out what to wear but she settles on an oversized cotton cardigan with a flowing skirt and flat So, yep, I guess that seems very 80-ish and great for sightseeing around New York City. They make note that it's a glorious and sunny, warm day, but they haven't mentioned a season in this book, so I'm just going to conclude that it's summer. The Nancy Drew universe seems to take part in a never-ending summer, except for like a couple of books which take part in the snow or autumn, but the majority, it's a never-ending summer, and Nancy never ages, and that's just the way we like it. Despite Nancy having a boyfriend, they pick up a fourth person, so Nancy doesn't feel like a third wheel. His name is Gil Frost, and he's a stand-up comedian, and all through the day sightseeing tours, she has Bess and Nancy in hysterics. He's also got a lot of self-deprecating humor, which, you know, it's not my style, but the four head off and do the usual New York City tourist things. And I've done both of these things. One includes a trip up to the top of the Empire State Building, which I might say they don't mention any crowds or lines, but I've never been there without crowds or lines before. And a boat ride around Manhattan. And I think the boat ride around Manhattan is my favorite thing. I love water. Um, and just seeing the huge skyscrapers from the water, is Just it's just an amazing feeling so if you haven't done it before and you ever find yourself in New York City I highly recommend a boat tour around New York City. Rick is actually wearing a disguise on this sightseeing trip just because he doesn't want to be recognized and swarmed by fans in public but a couple of girls on the boat see through his disguise and ask for interviews but there's also a disgruntled fan who pushes Rick into the water All while yelling, you killed Jill Rowan and now you're going to destroy Serena Livingstone. Well, I won't let you. I'm not going to let filth like you near her. You're going to die, Rory Danner, right now. So I guess, yeah, he's our person that's causing all the incidents. Anyway, Nancy rescues Rick out of the water. Again, he's still unfazed and they head to Trump Tower. Back in 1987, when this book was published... Trump was not president, but now he is president. Anyway, the Trump Tower is a multi-purpose building with offices, restaurants, shops, etc. Nancy and Bess are absolutely amazed, and Nancy makes the observation: "This makes the River Heights Mall look like a mom and pop store." She looked around as they rose even higher through the glittering atrium. Bess is also amazed. I can't believe people actually live in this building and Rick tells her that there are apartments that sell for millions of dollars. So it's a very, very glitzy building. Despite being to New York myself, I've never been to the Trump Tower. I have seen it, but I haven't been inside. They also head to a restaurant uh, near Central Park for some chocolate pudding. And as they leave, they decide to go for a walk, but not before a taxi veers off the road and heads straight for Rick. So despite that deranged fan being arrested, somebody else is still after Rick because that looked like no accident. Nancy calls Ned later that night. We haven't seen him in this book yet. He says that he'll fly down to New York City to help Nancy out, but he has a big paper due, which is fair enough. Matty comes out over that evening to hang out with Nancy and Bess while Aunt Eloise is at the ballet. And Matty is relieved that, you know, the deranged fan has been locked up, but Nancy says, no, I'm not quite sure that it's him mainly because the photo that Rick received that was all scratched up wasn't just a normal photo. It was uh, one that would go on a resume. So who would have those type of photos? Maddie tells Nancy that millions of people would have them because when an actor auditions for a job, they always bring a picture and a resume. So Pappas would have them. Pappas is the producer. Lillian would have one, the director Lucas, and his agent would have millions of them. And even Dwayne would have a couple. Nancy's like, why would Dwayne have some? I thought Rick was with international management. Maddie tells Nancy that Dwayne was Rick's agent when he first started acting the three of them had met in acting school in Oregon and while Matty and Rick were successful Dwayne wasn't and so he started a management agency instead and Matty and Rick were his first clients interesting to know anyway a phone call interrupts them and it's Rick and Bess takes the call into another room While Bess is in the other room, Nancy finds out that Maddie still has very, very strong feelings for Rick. And so seeing Rick with Bess is really hurting her. Poor Maddie. If the guy I still loved was with another girl and was throwing it in my face, I would be a mess as well remembering the conversation that occurred just before the phone rang. Nancy is now curious to learn more about Dwayne and asks how she will be able to speak to him. Maddie says, oh, just pretend you're going for an audition and get advice off of him. He loves giving advice. And if you say my name, then he'll be more than happy to help you. Nancy heads to bed and, as usual, goes through the case in her mind. There was just too many suspects and possibilities because everybody seemed to have a grudge against him that she just didn't know where to start, and it was frustrating her because usually cases were easy. But we know that's a lie. There's so many other times that Nancy's just leaning in bed going over the case and being like, I don't know who it is. There's too many possibilities. Nancy eventually falls asleep and is woken up by a nightmare at 5 o'clock in the morning that is so early she looks over and sees that the bed next to her is empty Bess is gone Uh oh oh no how could have Bess just disappeared in the middle of the night but Bess being the best that she is had snuck out and spent the whole night with Rick naughty girl And she didn't even tell Nancy, which is especially irresponsible. And if I was Nancy, I'd be very angry. Bess, you can't go out with someone who's in danger without telling somebody where you're going. Anything could have happened to you. And then everyone would have been very, very sad and upset. Gosh, I sound like a mother. Anyway, Bess and Rick had continued their sightseeing and they rode around Wall Street and went to the South Street Seaport. Then they went to a disco and she felt like a famous person as well because everybody knew who Rick was and she was on his arm. Bess's... Head is all bubbly like champagne, and she goes, I think Rick really likes me. This could be the man I've been looking for all my life. So, yeah, Bess is head over heels. Nancy thinks to herself that Bess can be so irritating sometimes. Nancy gets really, really angry towards Bess quite often. Like, despite Bess being a really good friend, Nancy's always irritated by her. She was irritated by her in Whitewater Terror. She was irritated by her in. Uh, Wings of Fear, and a few other books. I'm sure she was irritated by her. They head back to bed, and Nancy wakes up at 9:04 a.m. 9:04, very very particular time. No idea why. Uh, and Nancy can't sleep, so she puts on her favorite jeans and wears a yellow sweater and heads out for a walk. And before, when I was talking about it always being summer, they make specific mention now that it's springtime. And Nancy's enjoying her walk. New York seems like a small 19th century town. And she imagines the city in more simpler times. She hangs out in a park and then all of a sudden Lillian appears. So out of the whole city with millions of people, Lillian just happens to be in the same place as Nancy. I wonder if Lillian was following Nancy. Hmm. Anyway, Lillian asks Nancy if she's still trying to save Rick's life and she's Says, yeah, I am. Lillian says, you really shouldn't bother. And Nancy's like, what? Like, why is Lillian saying this? And Lillian says, Rick is going to die and there's nothing you can do about it. And I'll tell you something whatever happens to him, he has coming. He got where he is by stepping on a lot of people, but he made one mistake. Along the way, he stepped on the wrong person and he's going to pay for it. It's like, okay, that was weird. So Lillian stands up and leaves. Was that a confession? Is Lillian the person who's out to get him? Why would Lillian appear out of nowhere and say this? I guess Lillian's our main suspect now. Later that day, Aunt Eloise, Bess and Nancy head out for lunch and then a waiter comes up to the table and says, excuse me, are you Nancy Drew? And Nancy Drew says yes. And someone had called her at the restaurant. Again, this is so weird without mobile phones. Instead of, you know, calling Nancy on her mobile phone, you need to call the restaurant or the museum or any other place where Nancy Drew is hanging out and get them to tell her to come to the reception desk and pick up the phone. Anyway, she heads to the phone and there is a warning for her. It says, stay away from Rick Allen, Nancy Drew, and tell your little friend she better stay away too. Nancy couldn't tell if the voice was male or female, but of course she's worried now. Someone's actually going out of the way to threaten Nancy Drew. But when people start to threaten Nancy Drew, it either means she's close to solving the case or someone knows that she's on the case. In this case, we know that Maddie knows that she's on the case. We know that Lillian's on the case and Kay as well, the makeup artist. After lunch, Nancy heads to her meeting with Dwayne and they talk Uh, Nancy doesn't really learn much except that Dwayne isn't a fan of Rick and that Rick is no longer one of his clients because he doesn't deal with failures it's like I don't know how he can call Rick a failure there's some hostility in his voice there however Nancy wants to have a look through Dwayne's things and best being the great friend she is distracts Dwayne by pretending to be a desperate actress She doesn't find anything really except for some letters from collection agencies and other bills and puts together that Dwayne is in very serious financial trouble. Nancy congratulates Bess on her Oscar winning performance when it comes to distracting Dwayne and tells Bess that Dwayne isn't quite a fan of Rick because he left the agency and that he's struggling financially. And from past experience, they know that people who are struggling financially do dangerous things. So right now, Dwayne is Nancy's number one suspect. They head back to worldwide broadcasting and just as they walk in, they hear a huge loud explosion. It turns out that the dressing room mirror has exploded and cut up Rick's hands. Uh Uh-oh, so there's another incident. After some investigation, they find a timer and realize that the lights were set to explode uh, when the timer expired. So someone must have come in the previous day to set up the timer. Pappas was furious. That's impossible. This set is closed down tight on a Sunday. I even hired extra security. My own mother couldn't have even got in here, which means it's probably an inside job. That means that Nancy can rule out Dwayne because he couldn't have gotten into the set to plant the bomb. So that leaves just two suspects, Pappas and Lillian. Nancy and Bess head to the hospital to check on Rick. But when they get there, they see that Maddie is in the room with Rick and that they just have to wait. And Bess overhears some of their conversation. Maddie, oh Maddie, I'm scared. Someone really is trying to kill me. Rick says, don't worry, my darling. The police are here. They'll protect you. And then Rick replies with, You know, Maddie, you were right all along. You were the only one who saw the truth. Maddie, if I come out of this mess alive, I swear I'm going to make everything up to you. I need you, Maddie. I need you so badly. No one else ever meant a thing to me. You're the only one I've ever loved. And poor Bess just says, I've heard enough, turn and ran down the hall, covering her mouth with her hands. And. Nancy goes to chase her. Best, best, wait. Leave me alone, she says, fighting back tears but losing the battle. I can't believe it, she sobbed. I just can't believe it. And my heart just broke in this scene with Bess. Like, that would be terrible to hear. You think that this guy loves you and really has a thing for you, and then you hear him confess his love for another woman. <laughs> oh, poor Bess. They head back to Aunt Eloise's place and there is a parcel addressed to Nancy Drew and it is ticking. Oh no, someone sent Nancy a bomb. They call the bomb squad and thankfully it's just an old clock. However, there was a note with the clock. It says, Last warning, Nancy Drew, leave town now. But of course, Nancy's not going to leave town. However, Aunt Eloise says, I'm responsible for you. And if anything happens, Carson's going to be very, very angry with me. Nancy tells Aunt Eloise that they only have one day left and to let her try and spend this last day solving the mystery and then if she can't solve it she'll fly back to River Heights and Aunt Eloise agrees but tells Nancy to be careful. So I guess that's a good deal but still even if she can't solve the mystery in one day I bet Nancy will try and find a way to extend the vacation until she solves the mystery. I've never seen Nancy not be able to solve a mystery or give up for that matter. They go and visit Matty later that evening and Natty tells them that Rick is going to appear tomorrow back on the show and organizes to get Bess and Nancy roles as extras again. The next day at the studio, they're on set ready to act as nurses again and Bess is all excited because she actually has to do something in the role and has organised her mum to tape it. That's very cute. I'll do the exact same thing if I was on TV. Actually, um, whenever I go to a sporting match, uh, I always tell my parents to record it or somebody to record it to see if I can see myself in the crowd. Is that really vain and narcissistic of me? I don't know, but it's also just really cool to see yourself on TV. Anyway, Bess is super exciting because the casting director is there today and she might get her lucky break. Rick isn't on set yet. He's in a makeshift makeup room getting ready for his scene. However, another incident occurs. This time, there is a sink filled with acid, which could have gone on Rick's face, and Rick is taking it seriously. This time, he stands up, says that he's going to go on a walk somewhere, and that he's off the show and taking no more chances. Of course, this makes Pappas really angry. You can't just leave, you're on a contract. Watch me, Rick says as he storms off. Despite this, they continue to record the scene and this makes Nancy really angry because it's her last day on the case and instead of trying to find a real criminal, she's stuck on set being an actress. That evening, Nancy was really upset. She wasn't used to losing a case and not being able to solve it. But Aunt Eloise had planned to take them to a restaurant to cheer her up. At the restaurant, Nancy was confused to be served by a French waiter because it wasn't a French restaurant. And Nancy took her skill of being able to speak fluent in French, which we learned in book number 14, This Side of Evil, when Nancy was in Montreal trying to solve a case, and says to the waiter, Gasson, avez vous installé noir pour toi? And that actually means, boy, can I have a black pen maybe? So this throws the waiter off and he starts speaking in English. Aunt Eloise tells Nancy and Bess that there's lots of of out-of-work actors working as waiters and all these other jobs playing different roles and that makes something click in Nancy's head. Of course, playing a different role. Nancy had just spent the whole day playing a nurse. It was so easy to slip undercover and play as something else. Nancy spent the rest of the meal eating her pizza, trying to put the final pieces of the puzzle together. They get back to Aunt Eloise's place and there's a message on the answering machine for Nancy. It's Lillian and it says, there's something I have to tell you. It's a matter of life and death. Meet me on the set tomorrow morning at six o'clock before rehearsal. I'll leave a pass for you. So, hmm, this is a bit dangerous. Like Lillian is a prime suspect and all of a sudden She wants Nancy to meet her on set the next morning just before her flight. Uh, This sounds dangerous. Again, Aunt Eloise begs Nancy not to go and Nancy says, don't worry, I'll be safe. It's all fine. Plus, I know karate and that she does. Nancy's used her karate skills so many times. Uh, She's used them, I think, almost in every single book so far. The next morning, Nancy gets to the set and finds Lillian. And Lillian says, Don't worry, I'm not the maniac. I'm here because this person is after me now. Despite wanting Rick to get what he deserves, Lillian had found something in the cloakroom and she hid it. And she didn't want to tell anyone about it. But then all of a sudden, She got a note, and the note says, We're thinking of blackmail, my pet, not if I kill you first. So Lillian says, Yep, that's why I called you in. This guy is onto me as well. The thing that Lillian had found was a disguise, like a long haired wig, glasses, and a t shirt. But, like, so what? A disguise? Who cares? But A disguise means that somebody could get around set unnoticed. They could easily dress up as a stagehand and no one would pay attention to them. Nancy asks Lillian what else she found. And Lillian says, oh, more of the same. But I immediately knew that it was an actor or an ex-actor. And I finally put two and two together, which I hate to say is more than what you've done. Of course, Nancy's like, "Okay," and says, I assume you've got proof of who this maniac is then? Of course, Lillian said, but before she could finish her sentence, she looks up and in the director's booth is none other than Dwayne Casper. What? I thought we canceled Dwayne Casper out because he wouldn't be able to get into the set to set up the bomb. But I guess using that disguise, he can? Anyway, Dwayne Casper has a gun and he is absolutely gleaming. Wow, I had only followed Lillian, but I've trapped both of you. How lucky. Congratulations. Your death scenes will look so lovely on videotape. A videotape for my personal pleasure only. What? That is absolutely psychotic. He's going to videotape himself murdering these two women and then watch it for himself. That is uh ugh, weird. But why? Why was Dwayne hurting Rick? Well, I think that's pretty simple rick left his talent agency and ruined his career but is there more he was jealous that rick and matty got famous and not him and that casting directors were only interested in pretty faces and it turns out that matty was only interested in a pretty face as well turns out that back in the day matty and Dwayne were in love However, when a casting came for Romeo and Juliet, Maddie was cast as Juliet, but Dwayne lost the role of Romeo to Rick. And during that play, Rick and Maddie fell in love and Dwayne has never let that go. Dwayne started to rant. I'm not like some people who fall in love every day, (laughs) like Bess. (laughs) He didn't actually say that, but you know. When I lost Maddie, I knew that I would never love anyone again. I decided that if I couldn't have her, I'd make lots and lots of money. I gave up acting and became an agent instead. I made them all stars. I did it all. And how did Rick pay me back by leaving me? And that's how I got nothing in return for all my hard work. Nothing at all. He had destroyed me again. So not only had Rick destroyed his career, Rick also broke his heart by stealing the love of his life. So that all makes sense. Not that I'm saying it's okay to turn deadly and kill people because you got your heart and career broken, but jeez, I can understand the motive. Nancy says, Dwayne, Dwayne, this stuff doesn't happen in real life. It sounds like a soap opera you know, because they're on the set of a soap opera. Nice pun. (laughs) Dwayne's like, oh, that shows what you know about real life, Nancy Drew. Real life is a soap opera. You'll learn that, or rather you would have if you would have lived. Dwayne is on a rampage and he wants to kill them. So he goes to leave the glass cabinet up above the stage and Nancy figures he's on his way down to set so she needs to figure out a plan. Lillian is standing there shocked and is unable to be of any help right now and Nancy thinks to herself as clever as she had been figuring out who the criminal was she was absolutely useless right now. Oh Nancy that's not very nice of you to think but I'm sure that you're going to save Lillian regardless. Spying a fog machine in the corner, Nancy turns on the fog machine and drags Lillian and herself into the fog and hides from Dwayne. However, Dwayne was smart and turned on a giant fan, which made all the fog disappear. So Nancy had no choice but to throw herself at Dwayne. She lands on top of him and his gun starts going off all around the room. However, she's got him and the gun is emptied. Thankfully, the police arrive at that moment and Dwayne is arrested. Turns out a bullet hit Nancy's jacket, but it didn't hit her. Congratulations. Yay, Nancy has solved another case. Well, actually, she didn't solve the case at all. Lillian did, but she did physically catch the killer. Dwayne is taken off and Nancy, Aunt Eloise, and Bess head to the airport because they have a plane back to River Heights to catch. In fact, it's flight four. 417 just like I did in wings of fear I looked up flight 417 and of course there was an air crash associated with that flight number this time it was a helicopter crash in Los Angeles in 1968 just as they're about to aboard who should appear but Maddie and Rick they wanted to thank Bess and George before they flew off Rick was carrying two bunches of roses. He gave one to Nancy and then he gave one to Bess, who got super excited again. But it turns out the flowers were just from Pappas to say thank you for helping solve the case. Turns out that Pappas may seem scary, but he's a huge teddy bear. He even agreed to cancel Rick's contract with no hard feelings and he'd already written Uh, Rick's death into the script so yeah Rick Arlen is is alive and healthy but Rory Denner bites the dust and he also fired or rather rehired everybody that he fired during his rampages and then they announce that they're getting married. And of course, Bess is a bit heartbroken, but at the same time, very happy for them. That's a bit rude to just come in and like rub it in Bess's face. It's like, oh, yeah, I was dating you and now I'm getting married to the love of my life. Poor Bess. This is traumatic for her. Nancy's, you know, comforting Bess saying, I'm sorry that you had to hear that. And Bess says that it's, uh, it's okay. But after a vacation like this, we really need another vacation. I'm sure if they go on another vacation, however, another mystery will happen and there will be no vacation. I actually want like a super special of Nancy Drew books where they go on vacation and they just go on vacation and it turns into like a summer romance novel. I think that would be cute. Just where they have fun and there could be some adventure, but their whole holiday isn't ruined, you know? Okay. Anybody else? Just me? Okay. I know. Back in River Heights, they're eating ice cream and filling George in all the drama. So tell me, George says, is Rick Allen really as gorgeous in real life as he is on TV? And Nancy's worried about how Bess is going to take this question. And Bess is just like, not nearly. He's kind of short. And those fabulous blue eyes are just contacts. (laughs) And Nancy's rolling her eyes. Bess was laying it on just a little bit thick. But George is still shocked that she had a date with him. And, you know, George is really, 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 really fangirling. I'm so jealous. And Nancy being cautious of Bess's feelings is just like, "Ah, George, she really doesn't want to talk about it. I must say these little parts at the end where they're just being teenagers do really, really warm my heart. Anyway, uh, Bess tells them that she doesn't want to be an actress anymore despite being an extra on TV and that she's thinking of becoming a model instead. And as she says that, she takes a huge bite of strawberry ice cream. And then Nancy's, you know, a bit mean and says, will you go on your famous ice cream diet? And George makes a pun saying she's got to look her Sunday best. And Bess is a bit upset. She's like, will you lay off? I'm already depressed enough as it is. And Nancy said, there'll be other guys. Bess says, no, I'm done with men forever. Until she looks out the window and an attractive guy walks past. And she says, oh, who's he? He must be new in River Heights. And yeah, Bess is back to normal the end yay I absolutely love this book as I said at the start absolutely amazing five stars no questions there was best being hopelessly in love Nancy not being able to solve a mystery which I don't know I think I like that for a change I liked the scenery and them talking about all the lance marks in New York City I think it's because I like Nancy Uh, New York City so much I'm a bit biased Uh, as for where is River Heights no idea no clues whatsoever and as for hookups just Bess increased the tally this time with her kiss to Rick Arland bringing her total to four which keeps her on par with Nancy so Nancy four Bess four George two Ned three As for near-death experiences, I guess fighting with Rick at the end with the gun, that was the only one. So our grand total of near-death experiences is 38. In our next episode, we will cover book number 18, Circle of Evil. And this is another one I do remember reading when I was younger and I absolutely loved it. So I'm excited to read it again. If you haven't already, you can follow me on Instagram at Nancy Drew Podcast, or you can send me an email My email address is hello at nancydrewpodcast.com. And if you haven't already, I would also love for you to give me a review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It really helps me out and it's much appreciated. See you next time. Bye, detective.